0: to another episode of the roto Football Podcast. Thank you for making it the most important podcast in the universe. My name is Josh Norris, back here with another edition of the Friday Five, this time with Mr. John Daigle.
2: John, how are you? It's typically cliche to open podcasts saying I'm doing great. So I'm just going to take that script and say, I'm doing great, Josh. How are you doing?
0: I kind of hate that, you know, we moved away from I'm doing good to I'm doing well. I feel like I'm, I'm just a horrible English speaker if I say I'm doing good. And then I, I feel like I'm, I'm too formal when I say I'm doing well. I'm trying to find a middle ground here.
2: Yeah, and being brought up in the South, like small talk is kind of what I do, not even on yes. purpose. It's just how I grew up. So whenever I hear someone say I'm making it, like I'm making it is basically the equivalent to I'm doing terrible. And so <laughs> you, you then have to ask like the rest of their day or like outside of that. Uh, it's very strange. I
0: know you're from Texas and you moved out to California. How apparent was the change in small talk? Because moving from North Carolina to Connecticut, it is drastically different. And I kind of am used to it up here now, but I notice it more and more when I go home. Like checking out of a Rite Aid, I sit there and have a five-minute conversation where up here they can't wait to kick me out of the grocery store and send me on my way.
2: Um. So I moved out. I've lived in Santa Monica now for about three and a half, four years, but I've lived in several different places, both outside the country and in states. Uh, And I will say the biggest thing, the biggest change whenever the first time, not even in California, but when I moved out of Texas was wearing headphones to the grocery store because that was basically unheard of in suburb country, Texas, Um, because you will literally be shopping for meat and have a full-on conversation. And then I came to – I think it was uh, Denver was the next state – or next place i lived and it's just like obviously outside of the south no one has time for that
0: we have many conversations in the NBC sports newsroom uh that can would be good on podcasts but this is one i am firmly against wearing headphones in grocery stores i obviously i think people should do whatever pleases them right and that applies to many facets of life but i mean the grocery store is one where you basically are putting a hood and blinders over your head and you're you're basically saying, hey, I don't want to interact with a single person and I, I can't live my life that way at all.
2: Yeah, I understand. But also now I kind of play to my fans. Uh, I know my demographic now. so So uh, do you do it now? I I do. I have completely bought in to podcast while grocery shopping. Now, having said that, if someone is around me and like, it looks like they're trying to make small talk, I will pull one earbud out and then I will have a full on conversation. I don't mind that at all.
0: I'm I'm so disappointed.
2: You you have met me though. I will literally sit there talking to a wall, like talking to strangers about absolutely nothing. And I have stuff to do. I don't have time to get out of the way of my own head sometimes. So
0: This is this is peer pressure that you have succumbed to Uh, NBC Sports is a great place. I I have seen more and more people walk into the commissary to the cafeteria while wearing headphones. And to me, that's like, again, shutting off all of your coworkers and not wanting to talk to anyone. I
2: would never do that in the workplace (laughs) uh, unless you're around, then maybe. But other than that, I would never do that in the workplace.
0: That's fair. Okay. We have answered zero questions. We're about four minutes in already. Again, you all sent in all of these questions. We are here to answer them. Uh, send them in through Twitter, uh, my Instagram, Josh J Norris. That works as well. Uh, just as Friday five after, you know, an earlier podcast in the week that really hit on a lot of football stuff. We're going to combine football and really everything else in the world and mainly focusing on everything else in the world. Uh, John, I will start by posing you this question. This one comes from Dan. With Mike McCannon being let go from his position, obviously the general manager from the Jets or ex general manager, I want to know if the Roto World football crew has ever been fired from a job. John, I'm about to learn some things about you.
2: So, oddly enough, uh, I've been pretty consistent with my jobs throughout some starting with a summer job and framing homes to working retail throughout college. Wow. And then landing with uh, a typical day job and RotoWorld world now. So I kind of actually have not been fired, but I have straight up walked out. And yes. this is younger me. This is. Potentially, I think 19-year-old John, uh, I got hired. Who would actually
0: talk to people in grocery stores? 19-year-old John would do that. Much
2: friendlier in public, for sure, uh, rather than just briskly walking past people. But uh, (laughs) I got hired at a a CSS warehouse, actually. And that is the kind of manual labor my back was not ready for, despite the slight increase in pay. And so it was day two, and it was around lunch, and the manager came in, and He asked essentially if someone – people wanted to work overtime, our crew, but it wasn't really asking. It was more like telling us, hey, you're working overtime. You're sticking around because we have more like tide that needs to be thrown onto the conveyor belt. And uh, it was around that time then I think I came out of lunch – and within the first hour, I asked to go to the restroom and they started laughing at me. They were like, yeah, you don't have to ask to go to the restroom. That's fine. Just just take your time. <laughs> this like, oh, isn't school. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> You don't need
0: a teacher's note to go to the bookstore.
2: <laughs> well, I was told to work overtime. I didn't even get asked. So. Got it. Uh, but no. I, and then I went to the restroom, but I kind of walked past the restroom door and walked straight to my car. And that was it. I don't know. I guess it was like 12 hours into that job. And then just really? walked out. Yeah.
0: It was only a day and a half. Love it. What what was the closing of the book there? What Was email a good enough form of communication back then? Was it a phone call or did you just never have any interaction with your boss or uh, higher up immediately following that incident?
2: I, I believe I had contact with my uh, superior. So not even like a overhead, like direct boss, just someone I was talking to more like a manager. And I don't believe he contacted me like afterwards. It was just like a paycheck, which like I said, 12 hours of paycheck. And then that's it. Like no more. Like obviously this guy isn't coming back if he just went to the bathroom and literally just walked straight out. I really haven't had that many jobs,
0: John. And I'm kind of embarrassed to say it. Like I have these. Pictures in my head of, you know, summers in a small town that I wish I had worked at like an ice cream shop, you know, and like biked there and with buddies and we would have like a great old time. That never happened to me. I mean, I was like coaching lacrosse camps in high school.
2: Yeah, tr- true entrepreneurs like us two are not the people to ask this clearly because true (laughs) entrepreneurs go through a wild (laughs) array of jobs, like just trying to make it, just trying to throw stuff at the wall and hope it sticks. Uh, So there are definitely better answers out there than you and I who have had like a combined eight jobs.
0: I also don't think you and I are the type that could get it far enough to where we would get fired. You know what I mean? We would do enough to the people that are in charge to appease them, to please them enough that we would never get fired. Like we wouldn't get to that position. Do you know
2: what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. That's probably why we haven't been put in that position before. Fortunate enough right. to not be put in that position. Let's go to question number two here. Lee asks, which team has the best chance of going from worst to first in 2019? I'll I just
0: lay out the teams. Okay. So you have the bucks, the giants, the Cardinals, the lions, the Jaguars, the jets, the Raiders and the Bengals. Uh, John, first of all, that is not a very good group. You know, the worst teams in their division to get to the top of their division. I mean, it's something that we see every year, right? Almost that one team really makes a major rebound from their previous season. I'll nominate two. And you tell me if, if you think that these are the most reasonable feasible teams of this group. Okay. I think the jets and the Jaguars have the best chance of the eight teams that I mentioned. And so that, to me, eliminates the Bucks, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Lions, the Raiders, and the Bengals. And I'll tell you why. Like, we just saw the Jaguars a couple of years ago win a ton of games with Blake Bortles. Now, it was an unsustainable way to win because they leaned on, as heavily as you can, a historic defense. They have improved offensively since then. And we know that leaning on a defense to be that caliber year in a year out is not a winning formula, but maybe they can go back to what that defense was. Um, and for some reason, maybe with a new play caller in mind, Nick falls at quarterback, and maybe Leonard Fournette actually looks like a good football player. I do think the Jaguars are the best bet of this group. What about
2: you? I do like the Jaguars and you're come, this is coming from someone who has already been ridiculed because when I put out my best ball rankings, Leonard Fournette is RB 11, yeah. I believe right now. And in season long rankings, I imagine I'll move him down just a hair, but I mean, I believe he should be in the James Conner, Joe Mixon conversation um, well ahead of Dalvin Cook as well. So that's that's an argument for over the summer though. Uh, Jaguars, yes, just by pure bounce back and that their defense obviously regressed completely and wasn't even good last year, honestly. Uh, went from being the best to passable. So the Raiders, I believe, have, added the offensive talent Don't do it but the thing is <laughs> okay but also did you know that according to uh our buddy warren sharps metrics like they also have the toughest schedule in the nfl wow. forecasted for this year yeah so that's gonna be rough um i think though among that group i would have to say the lions really uh, i i do not like the lions offense um i hate that they went out and strictly paid for defense and to run the ball even further. But I think by pure regression and that, you know, like towards the end of the year, there was, wasn't there one game that Stafford had like 15 to 17 pass attempts. That's it.
0: Yeah, probably.
2: It was something insane. I think just by pure regression that they are not a team that's going to throw the ball that limited weekly. Um, I think we're going to get a bit of a bounce back from their offense. Actually, uh, they got a easier schedule out the gates now that Patrick Peterson's out for six weeks because they do open with the Cardinals. But after the bye, um, they have an early bye in week five. But afterwards, they actually close with one of the easier schedules in, in the entire league. So if they are even somewhat relevant... Uh, through the first half of the season, I believe that like, they're they're a good candidate to, to bounce back in the NFC North.
0: So kind of how I was looking at this is teams having like an area of dominance, okay? And I mentioned it with the Jaguars. You mentioned it with the Raiders, right? Like they mm-hmm. have some really good playmakers, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball. I guess with the Lions, I, I can't recognize any, but you have painted yourself to have some idea. Here's my thing with the Jets, okay? We saw that Sam Darnold, as the season went along, what the final like four or five weeks of the season, he looked tremendous. He looked fantastic. Uh So if we can do that Jimmy Garoppolo math, right, of the final five or six games of the year and then pushing that towards the second season as a starter. Look, maybe Sam Darnold can really have a quality offense with Robbie Anderson, Quincy Newton with Jameson Crowder. Um, and obviously Le'Veon Bell, that's a really, really good group you could have, right? If, if Sam Darn uh, continues to progress. Defensively is the issue. But I do think, John, the combination of Leonard Williams, and Williams, and Henry Anderson up front, plus C.J. Mosley in the middle, I know, and Jamal Adams, obviously at safety. There, again, there's some talent. There is some talent there. So I, my, my biggest question is obviously overcoming the Patriots in that own division. But we know that no one else in that division is really a factor
2: we need consistency from Robbie Anderson, like for that offense to stay explosive, really. Um, cause consistency is what he has yet to be able to put forth in his career, but, oh, and also they obviously can't implode from Adam Gase. That's the one thing you're kind of crossing your fingers for. Yes. When betting on the jets. Also don't, I don't like how you just say no one else is a contender. Like, don't overlook the Bills. The Bills did oh, a come lot on. this offseason. They actually did a lot this offseason. Plus, Josh Allen, like, proven um, success. The QB won over the final six weeks last
0: season. Sure, but th- I think that's different than winning football. To me, I don't know how the style of game he showed sustained success in wins. I think it sustained success in terms of fantasy production 100%.
2: But they're obviously their biggest weakness. Like, I believe in consistency yeah. leading to offensive line success, but just by having a concentrated effort and adding uh tyinsecchi Spencer long uh, starter at center Mitch Moore swingman John Feliciano um, developed second year players and Deion Dawkins and Wyatt Teller uh, depth and La Adrian waddle uh, Cody Ford 38 number 38 overall pick just in adding those guys plus a one of the best blocking tight ends in the league and Lee Smith like that already helps them elevate their offensive uh, presence you and I doing our first in individual podcast you have the bills with a
0: higher win total than i have the jet correct
2: okay I, let's treat this like twitter and let's have a black and white there's no gray area here correct. so i will just say yes let's do the bills um we need to make this a podcast bet actually okay. i will take the bills over the jets that's there we no go. problem
0: that's our gentleman's handshake we are going to take a quick break right here for a word from our sponsors there are three things every homeowner wants their home to be smarter safer and more fun What if I told you one link by first alert has you covered first meet your family's new best friend, the one link safe and sound a hardwired smart smoke and carbon monoxide alarm with a premium home speaker and Alexa enabled all in one sleek device built with first alert safety technology and providing an immersive, great sound experience. The safe and sound elevates any home, but it gets better. One link by first alert, Also offers the OneLink smart smoke and carbon monoxide alarm that works with the OneLink safe and sound. The device is easy to install and protects against both smoke and carbon monoxide. If smoke or CO is detected in the home, the smart alarm will notify you via exclusive voice and location technology and send a notification to your smartphone, whether home or away. A smart home should start with smart protection. And OneLink by First Alert welcomes you to a smarter, safer home. Visit onelink.firstalert.com. Again, that's onelink.firstalert.com for more information. Thank you, First Alert. Hi, friends. We're here with Heidi King, the deputy administrator of the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. NHTSA is working hard to change dangerous driving habits and save lives. Heidi, tell us about the National Seatbelt Safety Enforcement Campaign, Click It or Ticket.
2: Click It or Ticket is the national high visibility enforcement and advertising campaign that supports law enforcement efforts to promote seatbelt use. From May 20th, Until June 2nd, state and local law enforcement agencies across the nation are writing tickets to motorists who aren't wearing their seatbelts. Everyone is at risk if they're not buckled up. That is why it's so important that law enforcement is out writing tickets and why Click It or Ticket is spreading the word. We want to raise the profile and the visibility of seatbelt safety so we can
0: save more lives. Thank you, Heidi. Learn more about the Click It or Ticket mobilization at NHTSA.gov C-I-O-T. That's N-H-T-S-A dot C-I-O-T. Next question from Paul. Uh, speaking of imploding, not to implode the podcast, but John... What makes good barbecue? This is interesting because, as you mentioned, you're from Texas. I'm from North Carolina. While the term is barbecue, John, they are produced very differently.
2: It is. God, I don't even want to talk about it because it's going to be. I'm going to be. A, I'm going to be a meat bully, and I don't want to come off like that. Um, it is no, it is genuinely just passion, love, and time. Like that's what makes good barbecue. I've lived in, I lived in uh, Melbourne, Australia for a couple years and their definition of barbecue is the same as West coast. And that is literally just going to a friend's home and grilling. Yeah. Like, that's not I, I, I call
0: that a, a, a cookout. What do you call exactly. it?
2: Exactly. I call it grilling. I said, I'm going to go come yes. over to your home and grill. Can we walk down that street for a moment? That is like
0: the barbecue or barbecuing is a phrase that I've been surrounded by since moving up to the Northeast and it sends a chill down my spine every single time because to me like barbecue is a style of cooking which is really smoking right but more of like a food item a a style of food it's not a um, vessel that you cook something in or an event where everyone comes around now if you want to put a smoked pig out there in the raw well not in the raw cooked then that is a pig pick that's what i am referring to whenever i think of a barbecue
2: now what also makes good barbecue though i will say is that you have to know just like wearing earbuds to the grocery store depending on where you live you know your demographic so uh you don't eat brisket outside of texas uh you don't eat ribs outside of kansas city or memphis i guess i guess nashville a little bit but it's more Memphis than anything. Uh, you go to North and South Carolina, you eat pulled pork, obviously. And then if you live in New York or LA, you don't eat barbecue at all. Like those are Wait, pretty much I've, the rules.
0: I've kind of lived by that law since moving to Connecticut. Like I I do not try to find barbecue up here at all. Now. Now, here's my question to you, John. I'll take Paul's question one step further. Are you – what kind of sauce are you? When does the sauce go on? Um, what is the sauce made out of? Are you sauce at all? Oh, you have to be sauce.
2: So – Just like when I have steak when I go out for it, uh, I prefer to respect the meat. However, if someone like the owner of a facility makes their own homemade sauce, which is usually the case for proper barbecue, then of course that means it is supposed to um, add to it. Like It adds a flavor that is necessary, so I'll go down the list and try every single sauce as long as it's homemade, but I do prefer personally uh, spicy barbecue sauces. I am a like triple X spice kind of person. And what is the viscosity of this sauce? Usually hotter sauces are typically uh, vinegary. Thank you. John, we're back. We're back on good terms now,
0: you know me and you we're we're back together again.
2: <sighs> I, it's, I, so, I, it's so snobby though, like it's, I hate talking about it. I
0: understand, but you know, Paul asks, we answer. I am not someone that loves these like tomatoey molasses. It's that's like the ketchup. Of sauces, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like the A1 of steak sauce, right? Like I, I don't want just to have the smoked meat and then just douse it in this sweet tomatoey sauce. Like get out of here with that stuff. I want I want the sauce to be on the end after a dry rub, okay? And then with some spicy vinegar with that you can basically see through, translucent in many ways, you know?
2: Right, sauce is supposed to complement, not dominate. Once it dominates, then it is masking the meat, and that's a problem in and of itself. Well, just, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of hot takes about barbecue. People people love yelling about barbecue. Not Jay Daigle <laughs> on Twitter, so go. And by the way, like I have tried to change that, but until the person with at Daigle reaches out to me, like I'm willing to buy at Daigle, but he's not okay. reaching out to me, so well, I'm just well. waiting for that. A question for you, for the true soccer fan between the two of us, Jack from... Uh, Let's say Manchester. We're going to make it up. What would the equivalent of a soccer penalty shootout be in football? Not just field goals. Although uh, maybe watching defensive tackles take 40-yard field goals would be fun.
0: So I appreciate this question from Jack because Jack knows my love for Aston Villa Football Club. And the reason he asked this question about penalty shootouts is Aston Villa just advanced to the championship level playoff final on penalty kicks. Um, and so if they win, they actually get promoted to the premier league and the winner and the loser in this match, because the championship level is the second level in English football. It's a hundred and around $50 million difference between the winner and the loser, just in payments that the club gets. That's, you know, why you get to, um, afford good players and stay in the PL hopefully. Anyways, I thought about this for quite a while, John. And what I came to is this, if the goal is is to have the similar success rate of what a penalty kick is in soccer. I did not research this. I'm assuming probably around 85%, maybe even 90% of the time, the penalty goes in versus a save or a miss or something like that. I, I even think two point conversions is too far away from the goal line. I don't want like kickers to to you know decide a football game. No. I think having it from the one yard line, the ball snapped from the one yard line is would be more effective and and closer to what a penalty kick is um in soccer
2: yeah that's good um i also something like that yes i also enjoyed the a AA, uh, aaf i almost forgot the name there uh af way Sorry of, everyone else it's fine yeah they already forgot it but as the commissioner i can't forget that's the thing you right, forget right um the onside kick so it was just fourth and 15. Like I really enjoyed that. So, uh, so although I do g- agree with your one yard outtake, uh, I do also like the idea of like fourth and 30, obviously one down. Well, to pick sure. That but up. the conversion percentage is tiny on that,
0: you know, like if, if the goal is so to, uh,
2: sudden death, it makes it even
0: more exciting. I could get behind that possibly just try out. Donovan McNabb and go like fourth and 33 and just get it right. Every single time. Yeah. Let's close out here with Aaron. This is an, an odd question. But what Aaron wants, Aaron gets. What YouTube rabbit holes have you fallen down lately? We all experience them, so it's best to admit it. John, I cannot wait to hear your answer.
2: So the proper one as an adult, uh, if you are a single male 30-year-old.
0: Where is this going?
2: <laughs> I feel like you need to know how to cook. So, oh, okay. yeah. So the, the not guilty one is – uh, recipes, like I watch a lot of cooking on YouTube, a lot yeah. of it. Um,
0: I love cooking. It's the it's, best cooking content as someone that cooks a lot. It's the best cooking content is on YouTube.
2: Absolutely. There's much more than Gordon Ramsey yelling at people. Like you can learn Correct. even like taking a scrambled eggs recipe from YouTube. It's, it's terrific. So I do that a lot. Uh, the guilty one though, the one that everyone's waiting for is all too often. It's so stupid, but all too often the ultimate time killer is rap battles. And I will go through <laughs> so many rap battle channels. Like I'm not even oh proud gosh. to say, like I have seen all the old school m rap battles, like that are gritty footage and terrible audio. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. I've gone through every city in Detroit, look around Detroit, looking at rap battles. I've watched all those videos, unfortunately. John, what would it take for you to enter a rap battle? Everyone that knows me, uh, hip hop is my preferred music of choice. Uh, like I grew up on clips and Houston rap and whatnot. Oddly enough, I know with this voice you expected country, but I but actually entering and like freestyling, I don't think there's a chance. Like I'm not a poet. Like I would get embarrassed so quickly, mm-hmm. so quickly. Mm-hmm. It would. I mean, there is an incentive for everything, so. Probably only like, I don't know. It's such a low bar, but like 50 bucks. I think I'd make an ass no, myself. Well, that's not much. I think we can <laughs> yeah. make that happen, John. I think we can make that happen.
0: Uh, stand-up comedy and rap battles, two things I would never, ever want to do. For some reason in like the last month, and I think it's because I went down to Elon and spoke with students down there, I went down this rabbit hole of watching high school students um, seeing their admittance into college, okay? And so they would like film themselves opening up emails from like Cornell and Columbia and Harvard and Princeton and all these places and if they get in and if they didn't. And I, I, I honestly watched about like 12 of these compilations and it, I, I can't tell you why. I can't tell you why. And it left me more fearful of our future than happy. Than an optimistic for our future. Honestly, big picture here though. I think it really puts into a package of the content that, you know, the 17, 18, 19 year olds consume now, right? Like they're all into YouTube. They're all into vloggers. They're all into reactions. Reaction videos are
2: so big and I don't grasp the concept, but it is obviously a very big, large demographic that watches that.
0: Right. And so that's what they're watching. And so now they also do the same thing and, and produce it in the hopes of other people are watching it as well. And I think that's only natural. But I there is a drastic difference from, you know, eight or nine years ago when I graduated versus the students now and in, in the content and everything that they consume and, and how it's really displayed to everyone. Um, Because I certainly would not have wanted to film myself reacting to the next four years of my life and where I was going to be.
2: I don't want to film myself now, let alone the next four years of my life. Uh, No, I thought you initially meant, though, almost like their video trying to get in, like sending a letter out. I thought you meant like they recorded a video, like a a survivor entrant video, and then sent it to the college, and then that somehow ended up on YouTube. Because that would be super interesting as well. No, this is
0: this is a self-made compilation to reactions and in getting into college. It's interesting. You maybe watch one, watch one and see I if will, uh, you, you fall on the same hole as I did. It's not I a pretty will, place. I
2: but. will dabble. But if I end up back at Eminem uh, in Detroit rap battles, then <laughs> I apologize.
0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, can that I, will do it. Yeah. Before go ahead. you
2: close this out, can I actually ask you one thing? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Quick question. So sorry to catch you off guard with this. No, you're but good. I'm, but I'm always curious what kind of music people work out to. And so randomly, John Daigle from Santa Monica asks, uh, yes. Norris, what kind of music do you work out to? Well,
0: one, how kind of you to assume I work out. <laughs> okay. You
2: ran a 40 that one time. I just assumed you I prepped did. for it I and did. You're still I would breathing. do so much better
0: this time. I would actually use my hands instead of running like a T-Rex. Do you know the band? It's not even a band. So it's a group. There's a group called VHS collection. Um, It's kind of like this. I don't even know how to explain it. Everyone out there. It's my recommendation for this week. Go and listen to VHS collection. If you like, like the electronic group, Arizona VHS collection is, is very similar to that. So if I had to pick one in my head, it would be them. That's something for you to actually, that you might enjoy. It's like kind of this haunting electronic also 80s teen movie, like riding around in a car, emotional type music as well. Like a montage could be playing underneath it. It's it's interesting stuff. I really like it.
2: Does it sound anything like Robin's Dancing on My Own? Because if so, I will probably listen to it.
0: Um, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to tell you no, so you won't (laughs) listen to it. But just just try it out. Everyone out there, VHS collection. Are we, John? We good now?
2: Yeah. That's that's all he had to ask. He didn't extend the question. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning into this episode if you enjoyed it be sure to leave a rating or review and obviously hit that subscribe button we'll be back actually on tuesday with a round table episode videos are up on rotor world that episode is going to focus on possible breakout players for 2019 the three of us will go around nominate two and we obviously want to hear your thoughts on that as well but until then until monday i will talk to y'all soon